from the age of 10 years old. I've always wanted to own a business. I'd try to sell anything that I could. And it's really interesting because neither of my parents come from a business background. It's that debate of nature versus nurture. Has it always been a part of me? I just think that I've always observed things. As a kid, I used to go into the city and just look at storefronts and what can I sell? How can I make that better? It was a week before we went into our first lockdown in Melbourne. I had an old camera sitting in my room, popped it up for sale on Facebook for 50 bucks and people started bidding. So it sold for $250. And obviously me being me, I was like, let's take this money, let's buy some more. And so I just started flipping them. I invested all of my savings into 35. And then everything, every single cent from our launch went straight into that next order. It was literally a turnaround time of within 48 hours, I was like, we need to place another order. These are gonna sell out. Hi, this is Maddie Stefanis, and this is Life, Money and Love. Just quickly before we get started, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on whatever platform you've been listening. It really helps the podcast grow. All right, Maddie Stefanis, thanks for coming. Uh, for anyone watching on YouTube, you'll notice we're not in the studio. We're in the Happy Skin Co. office. Uh, in the middle, we're actually going to build out a new studio. We've moved it here. We've cleared out some space to one of the rooms here. So you're the first one in the makeshift studio for the next couple of weeks. So thanks for coming. Um, for people who don't know who Maddie is, Maddie's the founder of 35mm Co. Uh, did $1 million in the first six months. Crazy e-commerce launch. And what your products are, they're essentially you made a modern version of the vintage style reusable film cameras. Um, have had amazing success and you're so young. What are you, like 22 now, 23? 22. And you're 21 when you started the brand? I was actually 19. There's a bit Only of a to it. All right, let's, let's get into the backstory because something was really interesting about you. And I know the more conversations I have, like originally I wouldn't have thought it would be interesting, but a lot of the people I speak to, um, successful entrepreneurs, myself even, I, I, I fall into the other buckets. Like I ask people, like, did you always know you wanted to be in business or own a business? And surprisingly, mo most people have said like, nah, you know what? I kind of found out later in life or it just happened. But you've said you've always stood by. You've always said that, no, I've never wanted to be anything but a business owner. So I find that mindset really fascinating. What was it about business that you remember like just drawing your interest from such a young age? You've really done your research. <laughs> It's what I do, baby. <laughs> we do research here. From, honestly, from the age of 10 years old, I've always wanted to own a business. I'd try to sell anything that I could. So I think, and it's really interesting because neither of my parents come from a business background. So I feel like it's that debate of nature versus nurture. Has it always been a part of me? I just think that I've always observed things. As a kid, I used to go into the city and just look at storefronts and... What can I sell? How can I make that better? Yeah, so I feel like it's always been a part of me and it's kind of just gradually grown over the years. I feel like it's this continual, sorry, that's not even a word. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's just been this build up of like, throughout times of my life, just gradually, I have no idea what I'm saying. That's so. all right. I, I was not <laughs> like that at all. Like I, some people that just know that they've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and build businesses, it's really fascinating to me. I did not know at all, but that, that's one of the questions I actually had written down to ask you off the back of this is, you said the whole nature versus nurture thing. What's your opinion? Do you think people are born to be business owners or do you think it's a mixture of both? Where do you, where do you, um, what do you think about that debate? I definitely think it's a mixture of both. I feel like it really ties into my whole view of, should you go to uni and study business or should you throw yourself in the deep end and learn how to do it? I think that if you know nothing about business, but you like the idea of it, 
go to uni and learn. But for me, I just deferred my degree for the third time. Yeah. I don't know how many times you're allowed to defer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that I didn't learn anything from that degree. I found it really hard to actually take away actionable things and implement them into my business. So I think it's definitely a mix of both. You know, some people have no idea if they want to start a business, be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I don't know where I stand on the nature. But of how much? Because I, I, I like, like you said, I did my research. So I know you majored in uh, entrepreneurship and marketing. Yeah. And you've said many times you're on the record of saying that um, it hasn't really been helpful for you in your in your actual business career, in your actual launching a business and operating a business. What What do you think's the purpose of uni? You said if you're not too sure, but where do you think the the value of uni for actual business lies? Like what what was it? I was doing a law degree. It was going to be a, a double degree of law and commerce uh, and I hated law so I dropped out. I was going to go back and just do the business side of the degree but then I just got so turned off uni so I didn't go back. I think if you don't understand the fundamentals of business, I think it's probably hard for you and I to understand. Some people don't know how to take a product and market it. Mm -hmm. So I think obviously I did a double in entrepreneurship and marketing and it was very heavily theory-based and I think that in relation to 35, we've grown it using such niche little, we kind of all growth hack our businesses in a way. Yeah. And so I think that if that doesn't come naturally to you, then the theory is really helpful. It just is not something that I resonate with as a person. What's the theory behind it? Like, what do you actually learn? I'm curious. Oh, you're taking me back to high school now. I'm trying to think what I learned in your 12 It's like business. management styles yeah, and that sort like of shit. Yeah, it's like hierarchy of needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that, that I think are just... A no-brainer like I've never once referred to that mm. in my career but I it's funny I do have friends who come out of uni and say that their business degrees did really help them mm -hmm. but I just can't yeah I, I'm, I'm I'm hesitant I don't want to seem like someone who smashes university and, and the traditional education system but I think realistically if you want to start a business particularly in e-com e e or something online then the rate that things change and how quickly things change, you're never going to keep up with what's actually working. And like I had a call for, with some guy actually for mentoring yesterday um, and he went to uni and he was like, again, a little bit of a waste of time, but what can you do? But it's like, if you want to really learn business, if I was starting as just out of school and I knew 100% I wanted to start a business, if I didn't have money, because what 18 year old fresh out of school has money, I know I wanted to start an online business. We've seen people like yourself, late teens early 20s start businesses make 100k a month million dollars in revenue in six months i think more and more people are starting to get drawn to the world of of online business and e-commerce naturally because there's a lot of ambitious kids and you only replicate what you can see when when i was in high school i didn't see any young people starting businesses i didn't even know what was possible in the world of business so i didn't think about it but now that so many people are seeing success stories like yourself people are having friends or friends of friends that have built successful businesses, more and more people are starting to think, okay, I, I actually want to do that for myself. And they are believing that they can do that themselves. And like, if I was going to start again fresh, I would just go find like four or five entrepreneurs based in my state or even willing to relocate and just say, hey, instead of me spending my money, uh, to what, 30, 40 grand, at least for a uni degree, let me go work for free three months at a time for each of these people actually in the business, actually learning what they're actually doing. You'll have such a better fundamental base and, and skills and experience to build your business from there. What do you think about that? It's true. I agree with it completely. And I think that what you said about age and young entrepreneurs, how old are you now? I'm 29. See, I found that when I first started, everyone was around your age bracket. Okay. So there was still such that gap. There was no one I could reach out to. You know, I was 19. Like 
I'm surprised I never sent you a message. <laughs> I used to just sit there in people's DMs and never get responses. So I feel yeah. like there was never anybody to help. No one ever took me seriously because of yeah. my age. I also think, imagine if Uni Degrees taught you Facebook ads, yeah. email marketing, how to go into a 3PL, literally how to set up your OzPost mm -hmm. business mm -hmm. account. I just think that it would revolutionize business and e-commerce, but I don't think that the people teaching those degrees are up to date with how fast e-com is moving these days. 100%, they've got no idea, but how could they? That's not really That's not really their role. Who gets in the business, starts a successful business in e-commerce and is like, oh, I'm gonna go lecture at uni. Like it's, you have to find the people that have done what you wanna, wanna know and go work with them. That's why obviously now I do a lot of mentorship with people, but when I was just starting out, I would be looking for mentors as much as I can. I, I obsessed over Gary V content. I was always looking at new people's content. I remember, you might remember if you were in business back then as well. Do you remember, you know, obviously you know Nick and Alex from High Smile? Yes. They had, it was only for a few months. This was like when, when we had just started Happy Skin Co. They had this channel, Chats with Nick and Alex, and it was like a podcast about them documenting the journey. And they had a Facebook page that you could like message them questions and shit. And I remember we were having a problem and it's so funny to think back on, and like, I remember at the time when they answered, I thought, oh, what is, like, no, no, no discipline. Like, oh, what a, what a, like, what a stupid answer. I could have figured that out myself. But uh, the answer, the question we asked them was like, hey guys, like, we're having a lot of issues with like sending product influencers and they're not posting. And their response was essentially like, yeah, man, it happens. You just got to deal with it. I'm like, what do you mean? And then I <laughs> go through experience of like, that's literally the only advice you could give to that. Yes, it's probably the best answer. That's funny. I drive past their office every oh, day because okay. it's on the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, those, those guys are legends. They're, they're, they're two people that I think have done it the right way. Um, but I want to go back to your childhood. I want to know, you said you didn't have any parents that were in business. What was your childhood like? Do you feel like there was anything there that reinforced this need, this want, this urge to start your own business? It's really weird because there's almost nothing. My dad's in real estate. My mom has always worked for charities. So no, it's really bizarre, especially because dad and I aren't really close. He works six days a week my whole life. So I guess there was just never that opportunity for a relationship to actually be properly formed. I don't know if my work ethic comes from the fact that I know how hard he works, even in his absence but I can't put it down to anything. Mm. There's nobody at all in my life, in my extended family that has anything to do with business. Yeah, well, there's just, I feel like there's just something in you. And like, if you have that gene, you have that gene and you have to do it. Like I've said this quote many times, so I'll go through it quick so I don't bore people. But like, there's this Robin Williams quote I heard about acting because I used to act. And, and the quote was, you should only act if you need to act. And I thought, well, who needs to fucking act? Like I didn't feel like I needed to act, but I'm like, I want to, so why shouldn't I? And then obviously I ended up leaving acting, but now I understand after being in business, like I couldn't do anything but be in business. It's like, if you have that gene, if you have that DNA, you just have to fucking figure out a way to make it all happen. Then there's an interesting part that I want to ask you in a second about just resourcefulness and scrappiness. I think it was a really cool way that you initially started building the brand. But before we get in, in into the, the business journey and the launch and how you did all that, I wanted to ask you about your school experience because I think it's a really pivotal part for a lot of people, regardless of which way they go in lives. But I want to know, what was your school experience like? Okay, do you want me to start from, I can tell you about kindergarten. Do it, yeah. I was a weird kid. I <laughs> genuinely, I just didn't fit in. I was the kid at kinder who wouldn't play with the other kids. Um, my mom best explains it, I skipped childhood. Yeah. So I think that high school, I was always really academic. I was a good student. Like I loved getting good grades. I had no pressure from my parents whatsoever. I could have walked out of high school with any ATAR and they would have been so proud, but I hated being there. 
hated going every single day and I feel like the one thing that got me through high school was I'd sit in the back of class and I'd start businesses. That's the only reason I went. And my teachers, I remember at the start of every year, you know, like you get a new teacher for each subject. They all hated me for the first two months. She never listens, she never participates, she doesn't contribute. And then I'd hand in my first assignment and they'd be like, oh, she actually has been listening. Yeah, yeah. I was always, I think I took the same, same approach, sorry, in uni. I just do the assignments. I didn't go to my tutes. I didn't go to my lectures. We had no attendance. Yeah, so I've just... School... No, I don't think school was for me. I just really didn't enjoy so it. Would you consider yourself more of an introverted person or...? Oh, yeah, completely. Speaking doesn't come naturally to me at all. I'm so introverted. This is, like, two years ago, my worst nightmare. Yeah. I never would have sat here speaking to you. I yeah. couldn't... In year 12, I couldn't do my, like, oral exam, my spoken speech um yeah I couldn't do it just like paralyzed by anxiety I nearly got kicked out of my best subject because I couldn't do the assessment how did you get over that because I know you did a speech at your one-year birthday party for 35 <laughs> I love that you know about that I know everything I you come on this show I know everything about you that's possible <laughs> to know I dreaded that speech for months like petrified there are 150 people there I couldn't get up and speak in front of two teachers in year 12 um you just psych yourself up. I feel like it's something that I've had to learn to do. I still stuff up now. Like, I've stuffed up so many times in this podcast. Oh, it doesn't matter, though. No, but, yeah, like, speaking is a skill that can be learned. Mm. And I feel like that's something that's really important to me. Like, I do listen to – it ties in with, you know, like, your personal development, which I know you're really passionate about, too. And I feel like I want to be the best version of myself. So I'll do these podcasts now, and I hope that in two years' time I listen to this and I think that I'm the worst speaker ever. It's the same for everyone. I hope I think I'm the worst speaker now and exactly. I listen to myself in two years, you know what I mean? It's so funny, you talked about personal development. What's your ethos with just continual improvement and, and, and growing and learning new things and levelling up your skills? 1% better every day. I want to go to bed every night when my head hits a pillow, know that I've done everything in my capability to get one step closer to my goals. I love that. And before we move on to the, the business journey, there's something... I want to ask you about it. it seems like it would have been a really pivotal part in your life the um the health struggle that you had towards the end of high school i believe it, it started to manifest in your life can you share what that was like what you think triggered it because i know stress can be a trigger for those sorts of things and just let everyone know kind of what you went through and what it was like yeah of course no one's ever known this much about me before <laughs> i'm really <laughs> impressed <laughs> mate don't worry about me i've got i've got the research down so i it was probably my last six months of year 12. I'd had, I've got a long history of tonsillitis. It was like my childhood illness. So every year from the age of 10, I had tonsillitis. I don't know why we didn't get my tonsils out. Oh, I had earlier. tonsillitis like three times a year until I got them out. Best decision I ever made. Yes, agreed. So I got tonsillitis nonstop during year 12. Antibiotics weren't killing it anymore. We couldn't get rid of it. I sat my year 12 exams. I... When I got a blood test, they found glandular fever in my blood and then I ended up with chronic fatigue. So my first year of uni, I used to wake up, go to uni at 9am for a full day of classes. By 11am, I was on the train home and asleep until that night. My energy was just completely depleted. I had no energy. And so, and I wasn't exactly like living a healthy lifestyle. I was 19. It was my first year out of school. I was drinking, partying, and I don't drink anymore. But during that time in my life, yeah, I just, I feel like I learned really young that my health meant everything to me and without it, 
I can't run a business and I can't do what I want to do or achieve what I want in this life. Were yourself or the doctors able to f- figure out how you, how that turned into chronic fatigue or is it just... I'm pretty sure I'm no doctor, but I do know that it's quite common for glandular to, mm. I guess, eventually manifest into yeah. chronic fatigue. And what's it like day-to-day living with chronic fatigue? Like, obviously, physically, you're extremely tired, but emotionally, what does it do to you? Emotionally, God, that first year in uni, I was a wreck. I remember I would just cry my eyes out to my mum. I just didn't understand it. I was young. I was straight out of high school. Emotionally, it took the biggest toll on me. I think now, you know, like it's been a long journey and my energy is so much better now, but I know what makes me tick. Like I know when to stop. I know when to push back because I'm such an introverted person. I spend a lot of time alone. Saturday nights, I'm fine. Staying home, watching a movie by myself. My partner, like, loves to go out, loves to party. I'm like, do your thing, be young, have fun. But I'm actually okay mm. by myself. And I think it's because of those lessons that I had to learn so early on. Well, I think it's great that you, you, you took those lessons early on because everyone just needs to figure out what works for them, what makes them happy, what makes them healthy, and just fucking do it. Who cares about what everyone else is doing? If you're fine within yourself and you're happy and content within yourself and you recognise that your, your, your boyfriend might want to go do different things and you're sweet with that, then I think that's a really mature mindset to develop. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of things you did in the, in the early stages of the business that I thought was really interesting and I love the way you did it, like pure just like finding a way to turn it into a business and, and hustling and just making it happen. And I love the idea for how the business came about. Came, came about. It's really interesting. You want to tell the story about what happened when you sold that first camera and what, what sparked from there? Yeah, of course. It was a week before we went into our first lockdown in Melbourne. Had an old camera sitting in my room, asked my parents to buy it for me for my 15th birthday. I didn't know how to use a camera. It was like an old SLR, had all these like functions. No clue, I'm not a <laughs> photographer. Popped it up for sale on Facebook for 50 bucks and people started bidding. So it sold for $250 and obviously me being me, I was like, okay, let's take this money. Let's buy some more. Let's see what can happen. And so I just started flipping them. We, you go. I was going to say, <laughs> where, where are you finding all these, all these old vintage cameras to sell? Facebook, eBay, Gumtree, Etsy, any known buy and sell marketplace platform. I was like scouring them day by day. So how were you getting them so cheap and then being able to, obviously you understood how to market them and the, and the demand for them. How, how did you make so much money on the arbitrage? Like how did you realise that, hey, there's a, there's a clear demand in the market. They might not be easy to, to get or source, but I can get them relatively cheap and make some profit on it. I think that they were a lot cheaper overseas. Oh, okay. One of our main, oh, I call him a supplier. He used to like scour the vintage markets for me. He was in Amsterdam. And the price was, there was such a disparity between how much people were charging in Australia and how much people were buying cameras for in Europe. Mm. We don't have like that abundance of, we've got vintage and secondhand markets, but it's nowhere near like what they have in Europe. Yeah, I can imagine. And how long did you do that for? How long were you buying and flipping these cameras for before you said, nah, I'm going to develop my own version of this? So we sold the vintage from March 2020 to August 2021 when the reloader launched. And it was all under 35 already? Was it under that or did you... So it was under 35, but 35 didn't look like how it does now. If you scroll the way down to the back of our Instagram, it's really different. (laughs) From March to August 2020, I sold the vintage and then I started working on the reloader. So it took us a year to get the reloader to market. 
And what does that process look like of product development? How many iterations was there? What were the things you had to work on? I had no idea what I was doing. Imagine developing a camera. I reached out to a few manufacturers, got samples. It was just continuous back and forth. Our packaging was the biggest issue, not the actual camera itself. We had all these issues with the magnetic box and getting the inside correct, getting the outside correct. We did, I think, about eight samples before we mm. had the one. And then obviously we went into production, which took two months and we finally launched. Did you sea freight them over or did you make the mistake of air freighting them over? In your so first we sea freighted them, launched in August. They sold out in two weeks. Two weeks. Before Christmas. We'd missed the Christmas cutoff, placed a bulk order, air freighted, 3,000 units. Wow. You would have, I imagine, you would have spent almost as, not, not as much, but almost as much on the freight as you did oh, on the stock. I don't know if we made any money that year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how do you do, go about that? How do you manage uh, selling out faster than you can restock? When you're just starting a business, you clearly don't have unlimited cash in the bank. How did you manage that? I imagine it would have been a, a big growth journey for yourself. Oh, completely. I invested all of my savings into 35. So I worked at Woolworths. I was a checkout chick from the age of 15. So all that money went into the business. Um, and then everything, every single cent from our launch went straight into that next order. It was literally a turnaround time of within 48 hours, I was like, we need to place another order. These are going to sell out. And do you remember the day that you realised, was it before, was it just when you were flipping the vintage cameras or was it once you had launched the reloader and seen the response to that, that you realised, holy shit, like there was always a business, but you realised this is like a proper business now? The reloader for sure. Yeah. I didn't even know if it was going to work. It was so vastly different to what we'd been doing. Like we changed our brand identity completely. And I think we started like pre-launch marketing a week out. Mm. And so we kind of got like little ripples and hints, but that, that first launch is the best launch we've ever had. We've never had a launch as successful as that. And what, what was involved in the launch that made it such a success? I think it's because we were first to market. No one had ever seen anything like it before. We, I feel like I'm so transparent about this. We manufacture in the same factory as Kodak mm. and they produce a very similar product to ours, but it doesn't, it doesn't take into account what Gen Z want. And what's that? I think I grew up in, you know, like the Tumblr age, the Pinterest girl. I am my customer. Yeah. You know, like 22-year-olds buy this camera. And so I think that I know what colours they want, what they want the packaging to look like, how they want the Instagram feed, the TikToks. I think that my age is my biggest advantage. Yeah, 100%. I saw that when I, when I spent time on your website, spent time on Instagram, like this is 100% a fucking Gen Z brand. It's a TikTok brand. I imagine you guys kill it on TikTok. It's like, wow, made me realise... I think the way you've executed is really, really fucking cool. And I'd still buy from it, being older, but it made me realise, fuck, I'm actually getting a bit old here. Like, I'm scared of getting old. I'm like, how am I going to keep starting these brands? <laughs> yeah, but your brands and businesses will evolve with you. There's, yes. no, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of there. Like the best way to describe business, and one of the last people on the podcast said this, is like business isn't even about the business. It's just the, the way the, that you express your own personal growth. Because think about how much you've grown and you've had to develop and push yourself to do things that you never would have thought you would do. Public speaking being one, stock planning, financial planning. It's all, in my opinion, just about how do you level yourself up and it's a vehicle to change your life and make your life what you want it to be. But what do you think with the business in particular would have been one of your biggest challenges that you had to overcome? 
I honestly think public speaking is up there, but business itself, forecasting, I'm not good at maths. I'm not good at finance at all. I listened to a podcast with Richard Branson the other week and he was talking about how he's shocking at maths and I feel like that was the biggest reassurance. I was like, you're bad at maths, I can be bad at maths. Yeah, and I just thought I think there's certain types of entrepreneurs as well. Like we don't all have to be that like genius operator, you know what I mean? There's some people that are creators, some are visionaries, some people are just meant to be founders and then pass it on to like your CEO at a certain at a certain level. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Richard Branson's one of the people that I actually didn't really look into that much earlier on. Obviously everyone knows who he is, but probably halfway through last year, I thought, because so many people had, would say, Dylan, you know who you remind me of? Or you know who, who's like the same sort of entrepreneur as you, Richard Branson? And I heard that off like five or six people. I'm like, fuck, I'm, I better look into him and see, see what he's about. And I, and I really clicked with him as well. And it gave me a lot of like motivation to like do things my own way and just focus on the things that feels good to me rather than just trying to force myself to be things that I didn't, I didn't enjoy doing, I didn't want to be. Um, so yeah. A question I wanted to ask you, you're so young as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur, couldn't even imagine starting like a proper business at the age that you did, but was there ever a consideration to, to launch with a business partner or you knew you wanted to do it yourself or? I'm like a lone wolf. I reckon I'd kill <laughs> a business partner. I think that my partner and I have always spoken about just, you know, just like starting little things on the side. Business is a long-term game. It's not like I'm sitting here profiting from 35. Mm. Um, but no, I don't think I could ever start a business with anyone. Who knows? Like I might eat my words in 10 years, but for now. What do you think about a partnership that would be difficult for you? Oh, I'm so stubborn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm incredibly stubborn. It's my way or the highway. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it's a terrible trait, but I'm very self-aware of it. Look, as long as you're aware of it and and then it's okay and you can communicate it to your team and, and you do your own thing, I think it'll be fine. I think if you force yourself to get into a partnership with, with 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 someone else i think it might be that might be a little bit trickier for you to navigate you know what i mean yes agreed and um obviously as we've uh, well established i've done my research on you you strike me as someone who puts a lot of pressure on themselves do you think that's fair yeah of course yeah way too much pressure and, and i've always been like that yeah where do you think that comes from i don't know it doesn't make any sense i genuinely have the most laid-back parents which is funny because not to stereotype, but both my parents are Greek. And I know that Greek families often traditionally do place quite a lot of pressure on their kids, but I don't know. And I was always that kid that never wanted to do what I was told. You know, my grandparents go to Greek school, no way. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I always just wanted to do things my own way. Yeah. And do you struggle to celebrate the small wins or you feel, or you want always want to get on to the next thing or? I always want to get on to the next thing. Yeah. As a, a goal of mine this year is actually to just step back and reflect and celebrate the wins. Mm. Well, I think that's in, in one way, not to, you know, put myself at some old wise man, but I think that's one thing I've, I've learned already over the, over the five years or so, whatever it is, I've been in business. It's like at the start, you feel like you want to, you want to, you wanna, control every moment every detail of every campaign every ad every page on your website needs to be perfect every post needs to be perfect uh and i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with like trying to you know be detail orientated or be a perfectionist in a certain way but something that you'll learn in your own time and there's no point anyone telling you because you've got to experience this yourself it's like you'll realize that life's more fun when you just 
don't sweat all the small stuff as much and you give yourself the time to like celebrate and stuff. So like, yeah, looking back, my favorite times are just like the small wins, not the whatever, however many million dollars, like our first 10 sales, our first million, like our first office and warehouse, like those monumental moments are what it's all about. You know what I mean? Oh, agreed completely. I'll never forget taking all the stock out of my mom's garage and putting it in a 3PL. Like moments, small things like that, yeah, it just mean the world. Because I want, I want this, your story to be and serve as a motivation to other young entrepreneurs out there, both, both men and women, young people coming out of school, coming out of uni to, to realise that, hey, they want to they make their dreams come true, start their own business that they've always thought of. Um, because one of, the, uh, uh, one of the quotes that I've said, that I've heard you say and you said it's one of your best quotes is like, just, just do it, like stop, stop thinking about it and just do it. Was, was there a period in your life that you were thinking about doing business for a long time but didn't pull the trigger or was that just, where did that come from? Not really, I think... 35 came about by accident. I don't know. If it wasn't for 35, I have no idea how I would have started my business journey. I think I've never feared investing money or taking risks. Fear doesn't really come into play because what do I have to lose? I'm 22. If I lose a business and all my money tomorrow, like I have how many more years of my life yeah. to knock on wood? You're so far ahead of everyone else. If you lost everything with the experience and the platform and the name that you'd have from, from doing this, you're already fucking miles ahead. I had this conversation with someone yesterday who's, she's your age, and we were both saying, ask any entrepreneur, like, you lost Happy Skin Co. tomorrow, mm. what would you do? <laughs> Whatever I want, doesn't matter. Like, start again, do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got all the freedom in the world. And I think as well, because a lot of, no matter how successful your business is, there's going to be ups and downs, highs and lows, right? I'm sure you've you've had similar experiences. And the one thing that really helped me, and it kind of probably helped me with that last thing we we're speaking about, like not stressing out about all the small details. It's like when things are going, when you've got big things over your head and it's like if we don't get the right outcome from a certain thing, it's going to be fucking real, real trouble for the business. When you're dealing with those things and the things that are outside of your control, like something that's really helped me is just like becoming, think about exactly what you just said, what's the worst case scenario? okay, lose the business, have to sell all this stuff, how much money will I have left, blah, 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 whatever. If you can get okay with the worst case scenario, then it's all bonus. It's like, then you can really enjoy business as a game and just fucking live your life. Agreed completely. If you just zoom out, mm. like we're people in a blimp of time on this earth. Like we live in Australia, we have a roof over our head. What is the worst mm. that could happen? Mm. And have you, have you had many people that you went to high school with reach out to you seeing your success and being like, oh my God, Maddie? Um, a couple, but not really. I think I was always, like I'm acquaintances with everyone from school. I'm no, I've got one close friend from high school and that's all. I haven't seen anyone else since I finished. But I think I was probably very to myself and closed off in high school. So, yeah. And what do you think for the people out there considering starting a business, what's been the most exciting day, the best accomplishment that you've ever achieved so far? Oh, most exciting day. I think, funnily enough, being stocked in Universal Store was pretty exciting. Mm. I have no experience with wholesale. I started this business, I didn't know what a SKU was, like what are barcodes? What's a pallet? Like yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that. I had no prior knowledge at all. And so I think that we'd been creating a purple camera 
for months to pitch to them as an exclusive. And I'd literally just received the sample. I was getting ready to outreach and an email landed in my inbox from a buyer being like, we'd love to stock you. It was like a sign from the universe. I feel for like sure. that was really special. Do you believe in like the law of attraction at all or visualization oh, of that stuff? completely, yeah. Yeah, sick. Me too, I'm a massive believer in it. Have you, has there been any clear moments along the journey? That's obviously as clear as an, uh, as an example as you can give. But are there been any other times in your life that you've used the the power of the law of attraction or some some people don't fucking it, it's too weird with that term but just visualization to help you grow help your business achieve certain goals yeah completely i feel like i don't know that there's a moment i can pinpoint it down i've never had you know something like monumental but i feel like it's the small things like it's the little encouragements it's the little signs yeah um I've been visualizing, I told you we're applying for offices and mm. I've been imagining driving my car in and like unlocking the door. If I don't get out of this podcast and I've got an email saying <laughs> you've got the office, I'm like, please. like. And what about hiring your first staff, like your first team member? What was that like? Yeah, it was really special. I feel like it was just so incredible to be able to actually start building a company and having other people involved and taking on new ideas because working alone from home you're not exposed to anything. I think that I'm really excited to actually keep growing our team and sit in an office and listen to other people's perspectives and bounce off each other. And did you feel though the sense of responsibility when you had to pay their wages every week? Oh, of course. I'd, it's really funny when you first hire staff and you're paying them more than you pay yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that's something that every entrepreneur experiences. Yeah. Oh, it's just part of the process, man. You got to fucking, yeah. if you're in this for the long term, you got to fucking grind exactly. for it. I remember... We had, we had our first couple of staff and, and I had a business partner back then. We were paying ourselves 500 bucks a week. Yeah. Paying other people like double what That's we're, what we're paying too. ourselves. You know what I mean? First year I was 500 bucks a week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what, what's been some of the, have you had any challenges with the business along the way that you're like, fuck, I really need to reflect or pivot the strategy here? Like, has there been any, because obviously I want to talk about the highs and the good things about business, but realistically there are ups and downs for every business. Like, what are, what are one of the moments that stick out as, as a difficult time for you with business? Oh, we went into a 3PL. I was driving to Queensland to move my whole life there. We had 400 back orders that hadn't been shipped out and this 3PL had no idea how to do it. I was recommended them by someone else in business and I think that maybe they weren't quite doing the volumes that we were doing at the time because they this 3PL genuinely had no idea and so our current 3PL were amazing and actually completely saved us they went and grabbed all of our stock and sorted it out but I remember just driving to Queensland on this like 20 hour drive sitting in the passenger seat being like oh my god because the thing that hurts the most is your customers are upset and you can't physically go down to the warehouse and start packing orders and fix it mm. what point did you decide to to move from from your parents place to the 3PL what made you make that decision we had 10,000 units in transit and mum was like, they're not going to fit in the garage. Yep. So I didn't have a choice. Mm. That'll do. And who was packing the orders before then? Mum and I. Yeah. So yeah, mum used to, poor mum, she's got like carpal tunnel in her hands and she used to pack during Christmas and it used to kill her. Mm. It's so funny, man. Everyone, like you said, most businesses can relate to a lot of things, right? You hire your first staff, they're fucking earning more money than you. The first however many months, even years of your business, you're packing the orders yourself. And it's like the packing of the orders, uh, the packing of the orders is such a tedious part of the process. 
And I'm so fucking grateful that I haven't had to pack orders for, for many years. But looking back at, the, at, at our journey with Happy Skin Co., my, some of my fondest memories were packing the orders with my little brother, my, old, my, my mate George, his mum. Just like we were fucking getting – because we were sold out for stock for, for ages. And then like imagine a room this size, uh, 70% of this size, and we have all the stock that just came in, 1,000 units, 2,000 units sometimes, all pre-sold. We had to pack them from and then move them to this side of the room and we were working from like, we'd finish our corporate jobs or our day jobs that we fucking hated, come home, eat dinner quickly from like 6.30, go to George's place, we're packing the orders, playing music, like doing those time lapses and shit. His mum's there, we're laughing, joking around from like 6.30 to like 2.30 at night. And like they're grueling days when you're doing that shit. They're long, you're thinking, why do I have to fucking do this? But there's something deep down that you just love it and you realise like this is what it's all about. I actually really miss it. Mm. I remember I saw a comment on a Daily Mail article about 35. I actually really try not to read them and most of the time I don't. The Daily Mail comments <laughs> when you have an article on Daily Mail, uh, don't even read them. They're, they're all they're 90% hate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just remember someone commented being like, she hasn't packed an order in her life. And I was like, oh. <laughs> if only you knew. <laughs> I do really mm. cherish those memories. We were exactly the same situation. We had orders, pre-orders, and the stock landed. And it was like, okay, myself, my sister, my partner Alex, and his best friend Will. Shout out to Will. Will did a lot of the hard yards. We just day and night, packing all day. We didn't even know that you could do Australia Post pickups back then. So we were putting like huge Oz Post bags in the back of my boyfriend's cruiser, driving to the post office, going back home, driving back again. Insane. That happens to so many people. My good mate Brenton um, was doing the same thing with his business, uh, the Good Gun, who, who've done pretty pretty cool things. And I'm like, dude, why are you still driving him to the post office every day? He's like, what? They can pick up for you? No, it's like how many? He's like, I'm pretty sure they'll pick it up if you have like five orders a day. It's not even that. Like, you don't even need to be doing crazy volume. This is what I mean. No one teaches you anything mm. in business. What's What's one thing that you've learnt about business that you wish you knew before you started? That your network is everything. I never wanted to be attached to 35. I just wanted to be, you know, like a silent founder. But I think that the minute I started putting myself out there, the opportunities that have come from it, not just for me, but also for the business, have been incredible. Mm -hmm. I know that obviously like we connected on Instagram. Yeah, if I hadn't put myself out there in the first place, I think there would be so many missed opportunities and we probably wouldn't have grown as much as we have. Yeah, now. it's changed a lot. Like it used to be the brand was the only thing that mattered. Now more and more over the last five or 10 years, it's become like the founder is almost as important as the brand in a lot of cases. Look at who we spoke about before, Richard Branson, fucking all his brands are attached to him. Look, one of the most influential people on the planet now, Elon Musk, if he sends a different a tweet is the value of his companies go up and down who's really worth more is it elon or is it the companies like your personal brand and the founder leading the brand is so important these days oh it's crazy yeah it's incredible how much it's changed over the last five or ten years but even i feel like when i started it wasn't that common for people to be the face of their brands mm -hmm. but there is such a heavy dependence on personal branding now mm -hmm. I, I, I agree now we'll start to wrap up soon i want to ask you a few final questions before we do um, just to get your advice and your take on, on certain things now. One, I'm sure you've got asked this before, but I think it's a really good one. For any, for any of those like young, young, young female entrepreneurs, like those female founders that 
might not be fully fucking for whatever reason not fully backing themselves or afraid to make that commitment to push themselves to make that leap into their own business what's your advice to them what's the worst that could happen i think yeah what's the worst that could happen say you start tomorrow and you fail you learn from that failure that's almost the biggest win or benefit to your growth or your self-development we learn from failures so incredibly much yeah i think just give it a shot i agree i love that and obviously you've got a, a gen z focused brand i imagine there most of most of your customers that would fall into that age bracket what are what are the main things you're focusing on to grow your business this year both we can talk online and, and offline as well online funnily enough we're actually branching ever so slightly out of gen z we've got a launch next month which is heavily focused on the wedding market we've had a lot of requests from brides from people getting married who want cameras at weddings we've also had it's really interesting because i do think that we're a gen z brand we've had mums wanting to take photos of like their newborn babies it's so interesting so i think that we're really focusing on not moving away from gen z but just broadening our mm. lens or our focus um and in terms of offline wholesale wholesale, wholesale is a really big goal for us this year yeah yeah and with online, what channels are you mainly advertising on TikTok, I imagine, a lot? Is that organic? Are you guys running ads as well? TikTok's just organic for now. We have TikTok ads have been on and off. Mm -hmm. um, Pinterest, Facebook, Google. Google, I actually really love Google ads. I feel like I've got a soft spot for them. They do quite well for us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Google's easy. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Great. Like, if you if you set your campaigns up right at the start, like, yes. they can just continue like they're not going to not going to find as much scale as you can through facebook you know that yeah. it is capped to a certain extent but if you set up your google campaigns right it'll just bring in a nice amount of revenue and a solid amount of profit every single week for you um and with that TikTok content what's what's one of the because you guys have had plenty of content go viral so you had one go over a million views i'm sure that brought in a lot of sales what's your what's what's something you're seeing working in TikTok in 2023 like what are you guys going to focus on when you're making that organic content we're really shifting towards long form content. I actually sent Lil Runs our TikTok. She's amazing. I love her bits. I sent her a long email the other day because I actually want her in front of the camera. I don't want aesthetic content. I want informal, come behind the scenes, mm. come to the office with us. This is what we're doing during the day. Just real. I think that people really value seeing what goes on behind the scenes of a brand we have to be transparent now times have changed mm. have you seen the brand starface no what they're called they're like um they're not the same product as you or anything but they're like pimple patches with like cute little yes. star yeah. designs and stuff and they, they absolutely kill it on tiktok they kill it in everything but there could be some cool things for you to look at there like ideas for their stuff they're very gen z brand and have absolutely exploded over the past couple of years um but final question just leave it leave it on this what's what's the one goal that you're most excited about for 2023 expanding into the us or i guess getting a better grasp of that market mm. as you would know it's huge and when you say expanding to the us how do you plan to do that i really want a major retailer mm. who i keep i'm, I'm trying yeah <laughs> we'll get there though are you yeah. are you looking direct are you looking for a distributor how do you want to approach that we've got a 3pl over there yeah oh but in terms of like getting I, you yeah, into the retail i don't think yeah. i for the moment yeah i don't want to go down the distributor route mm. but never say never oh look if you can get in the doors direct, yeah it's great if you can yeah. avoid it then yeah yeah, yeah. 
And um, for anyone that wants to find you or the brand, where's the best place they can either buy the buy the products, check them out, or learn more about yourself? The brand, so on socials, 35mm Co. And then my Instagram is just Maddie Stefanis. Cool. We'll put all your links in there. But everyone, Maddie, thank you for coming. It's such an inspiring story to see people so young, building brands, killing it. Um, obviously, we'll chat more about things. And I'm, if I can help in any way to, to, to keep you growing your brand and ticking off some of these big goals, it would make me really happy as well. And for anyone watching, first one in the, in the new studio, I hope, Yui, Joe, I hope everything looks good. We'll figure this shit out before we get into the new room. But thanks again. And uh, good luck with your meetings tomorrow. Thanks so much, Dylan. It's been lovely speaking to you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.